I've always been fascinated with Jesus in terms of Jesus' approach to to life on the street. He 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 was able to take theology and actually make it work in like Monday through Thursday, you know, mm-hmm. kind of stuff. It wasn't just a temple idea, right? And and so he. You see him in the Gospels hitting hitting people in in very real ways. Like mm-hmm. he he often went right to the point of yeah. their problem. And sometimes even felt like brutally honest about that. Like very stupid calm. honest. Yeah, yeah. and by, by yeah, and we're, this week I'm going to be preaching on how did Jesus handle possessions, mm-hmm. and he went to this rich young ruler and and he dealt with him different than he did anybody else. Mm-hmm. But he knew what the guy's hang up was. So with with this bleeding woman, there's a if you if you if you maybe haven't heard this sermon and you can get that. On on our, um, our our sermon feeder, which is on Clearview.org, or you can listen to it on our podcast, yeah. iOS Store, Spotify, anything like that. But um, if you haven't listened to it, it's about the bleeding woman who sneaks up. There's a story. If you don't not familiar with it, there's a story where this woman had an issue where she, menstrually she was bleeding for 12 years, which that meant that she couldn't go to church, if you will, if one call it that. You know, she wasn't allowed. She was she was basically a scourge, scarlet letter. If you ever yeah. read scarlet letter, she had scarlet letter. She wasn't allowed yeah. to anybody get near. Okay. And and so she sneaks up behind Jesus and she. He grabs his prayer shawl, actually the corner of his prayer shawl, which is the place of authority. And when she grabbed that place of authority, she was intentionally grabbing onto the royal priesthood. And it was her way. When Jesus said, power went out from me, he tells her, your faith has made you well. Which, if you backcast, it tells us she knew exactly when she grabbed the royal cord it was her way of saying, I believe. Mm. And and that's where the jolt hit her and him. Yeah. And so she she I, I think for years I really didn't understand what this woman was risking. Yeah. She was told by the preachers of the world, don't leave your house. She she wouldn't have been able to have sex with her husband. She she was off limits. She was unclean, right? right? She was unclean. She was yeah. she was unfit for every form of life. And so I mean she's cut off from society. And everything just kind of dominoed. It dominoed from that, yeah. And just by herself, exactly. And um, and and so she was just she was she was not accepted, and yet she got to this place where she just didn't care anymore. And she goes into the crowd, bumps into all these people. So now they're unclean because she's touching them. She's bumping into them, and 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 it sounds weird, but it's just the way the law worked back then. And and then whammo, she touches Jesus, and so she she went for it. Yeah, Yeah. she got to a point of. Desperation, mm-hmm. as we would say, just kind yeah. of this, like I don't even care. Anymore. She got past the shame. So yeah, and the, and the, the comment I made in that was, you can find freedom, but you're going to have to exchange your image for his image, yeah. because what shame. All of us have shame, and, and it may not be like this huge, like I was a prostitute, or you know, I was an embezzler, or I was a really great cocaine dealer. You know, it, 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 in my past, most people don't have that narrative. Very few do actually, but everybody has insecurities. Everybody has things that they go, I just don't want the world to know about this because if they really know, if they know, I'm in trouble. Yeah, and so the point is. Image preservation. We are we want to put on our best and look our best, and there's not there's anything wrong with that. It's just that let's let's get to the when you get to do what Graham and I do for a living, you realize every person in the restaurant today where we're going to eat lunch has stuff in there. Yep. 
And the faster you come to terms with that, the faster freedom comes. Yeah, you were, you mentioned that word uh, exchange quite a bit in Sunday, and then you just said it right there. Mm-hmm. This idea of, of giving up, what, how you said it, our image for his image. Mm-hmm. So kind of walk me through a little bit of kind of the practical steps towards that. What does it look like to give up, to surrender my image? Mm-hmm. That's a kind of a unique phrasing. So what does that, what does that look mm-hmm. like for us? So, so it, it, it means that... <clears throat> Jesus talked so often about dying to yourself. Whoever wants to lose his life will find it. And, and so you're coming to the end of yourself. The gospel's not me and Jesus. It's Jesus. Yeah. And, and, and so I have to, there's a death, a burial, and a resurrection of Jason. And, and so, so the exchange happens. I'll tell you where I first learned this. I first learned it dealing with people in addiction. Um, most people that have never had a family member or, or if, if, if they've never been close to addiction, mm-hmm. it's it's really easy from a, a natural place, Graham, to say, you know, Graham, just quit drinking. Right. If, if that's your addiction. Just, yeah. yeah. Or just stop doing methamphetamines right. or stop with oxycodone. Just stop it. The fact that you would say that reveals that you don't understand why they do it. Most addicts don't party. They're self-medicating. They're numbing pain. There's something else. So as long as they can function in their job and function in their marriage and function in life, as long as they can kind of balance it out on the teeter-totter, they're going to keep doing it. But what I notice with dealing especially with people in addiction is something's got to swing. Or let's say severe depression. They finally get sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm -hmm. And when something, when that pendulum shifts and that, that addiction or that depression or that anxiety or that anything... When it finally begins to harass their life so much, they'll exchange this this dysfunction to start moving yeah. toward life. Yeah, Ken yeah. Witten said something like, uh, "Until your until your pain becomes greater than your fear of change, you'll never change." Totally. And I think that that's kind of it, it's speaking to that end that you have to get to a point where you have just decided because I think for us the mentality sometimes is. Um, you know, living in the shadows and living in the, in the darkness, repressing my keep it, pain, keep it under here. The, yeah, is somehow better than freedom. Sure. It's at least less risky. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And so you made a comment in your message on on Sunday, and you said this, and I, I was listening back to it, and I was like, dang, that's good. And then it just kind of you, you trailed, off, trailed off into something else, and I never really got, kind of got the full the full grasp of. It. You said shadows are really just cozy prisons. What does that mean? Help yeah. me understand a little bit of what, what you mean by that. Yeah, so surgery is always done in the light. It's never done in the dark. If I, if I have my gallbladder or my kidney worked on, I want every light in the room on. Right. And I actually would like the surgeon to have a headlamp. Right. And I wouldn't okay. mind somebody staying over him with a flashlight. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, so just I to make sure they can yeah. see everything, right? Um, and so what we do, though, is... There's a, I quoted in that sermon uh, a song from Stephen Curtis Chapman. Back in, back in my college days, the Lord, and he still does, but the Lord, man, um, the Lord just, this is going to sound unique, in, or maybe, I don't know. I've never thought of it this way until just now. But I think my early discipleship formation was, was, was in many ways through music. The Lord used lyrics from Christians to help change my mind about mm-hmm. stuff. And and so not like the Eagles or anything. No, like Tequila them. Sunrise really ain't sure, going to get yeah, you there. Yeah, uh, but 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 uh, but you know, I I remember I, I used to devour Christian music because I, I didn't know anything about Christianity, okay. and I would consume it. 
And I remember Stephen Curtis Chapman in a song called Miracle of Mercy. He said, if the truth was known and a light was shown on every hidden part of my soul, most would turn away, shake their head and say, he still has such a long way to go. If the walls could speak of the times I've been weak, when everybody thought I was strong, could I show my face if it weren't for the grace of the one who's known the truth all along? Mm. If the walls could speak, they'd yeah. say, yeah. the only hope is the grace of Jesus. And It's and way different than saddle up your horses. It's way different than saddle up your horse. Although that was one of our first dates for me, Sean. I, the Great Adventure. Um, one of our first dates. But... but I, I would say I would say that we think that somehow, if people really knew the real Jason, they wouldn't approve. Mm. And and you know what, they probably wouldn't, and that's okay. Yeah. Because if I'm going after the approval of Graham, I can miss the approval of God. But if I'm going after the approval of God, I may get the approval of Graham. But here's the thing I'm working on really hard in my life, like right now, at age 47. What I'm working on right now is I don't, and I'm using metaphorically, of course, but I don't need Graham to love me. Yeah. It'd be nice if he did, but I don't have to have it. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't have to have Graham's approval to make me a good minister a good writer, a good speaker, a good dad, a good anything. I, it'd be great if Graham thought sure. I thought yeah, I, you know. But I, I don't. Nature. You said something one time I thought that was pretty good. You said something about um, when people give you compliments or criticisms, one makes you fat. How do you say it? What makes you fat? What makes you sick? Yeah, yeah. One, uh, whether it's living by the praise or the criticism, one will make you fat and the other will make you sick. And either one is one you want to. You don't want either one. Yeah, yeah I thought I thought that's pretty good. Um, I thought about that a lot actually, and uh, so yeah. I think so. Here's what she did: she she stayed in the shadows because she thought if I can just keep everybody from knowing, right. I can make it through it. Yeah. But really, those shadows became a prison, and and that because here's what happens to the, in, the enemy. If you let me tell you what his worst fear is: it, it's, Satan's worst fear is that you get sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you put yourself around Jesus' people and bring it in the light where surgery is done in the light, not in the dark. And so when you bring it in the light, guess what, what ha- can happen? He can't speak to it because now truth has entered the arena. So in the arena of light, truth speaks to it. And you can't hide the bruises. But how can you sew up a wound if you can't see it? It's true. So, so when you bring it into the light, God will speak to it. You keep it in the yeah. dark, you're yeah. going gonna to live in the dark. Yeah. It's the uh, we have a, fr- a mutual friend in Steve Pettit who calls these moments holy options, and holy I think that's options. so that's so great that they yeah. she realized she had a holy option. She's like somewhere I, to take the hundred percent the frustration, the pain, the, yeah. the shame. But she had to get to that place where she didn't care anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's the big place. So you said it this way um, for the first time. This woman in in Luke chapter eight, uh, she encountered someone who could erase both the pain and the shame. You mentioned kind of the backstory that she had spent. All of her money. Bible says all of her money. Yeah, to all doctors. Of her t- a lot, so much time mm-hmm. trying to find someone who could bring remedy, who could fix it. Yeah. But she f- then found somebody, or at least in her faith, believed that there was someone standing right in front of her, yep. or at least within the room. Yep. Uh, who who could deal with her pain and her shame? Talk talk about how that encounter looks for us. How Jesus is able to do that for us in both of those worlds. The pain that causes it, because mm-hmm. the, the pain's real, is the after effect of the pain. Yeah, the pain's yeah. real, and the shame is too. Yeah. Um. 
Shame is never from the Lord. There is, the Bible does talk about guilt that leads to repentance. Conviction. The Bible will use guilt to drive you home. And the, the, the Holy Spirit, sorry, will use guilt to drive you home. Guilt, but not shame. Yeah. God, he's not in the shame business. Yeah. He's in the redemption business. So, so people had told her who she was. You're not allowed. Yeah. People had told her, you can't come. People had told her, you're lesser than. And she believed it. See, in order for shame to work, you have to believe it a little bit. And, and so that somehow I've done this or something's happened. So, so she brought it into the light. And so Jesus, Jesus had the authority. Power and authority are two different things. You know, some people have power. They don't have authority. Right. Some people have a, so that they, they want to make the change, but they, they don't have the, the authority to make the change. Or maybe they wear the, the badge, but they don't run the place. Right. Somebody else does. Yeah. Right. Jesus had both the power and the authority to change not just her shame, but her 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 worth. Yeah. That's why I think he did it in the public. He, he, it says she, th- this is a moment in that story, if you go back and read it in Mark, I think it's Mark 5, also in, in Luke 8. There is something really weird that happens right there. It says she told the whole crowd why she touched him. Mm. He didn't ask her to do that. Wow. And he, he didn't ask her. He, he, it says, she disclosed the reason why she touched him. And I'm going, holy cow. In those days, I mean, it's, it would be hard even in today's world. But especially in that world, she is willing to say, yep, that was me. Because she had been healed. And that healing was minutes old, but she knew it was real. And so when you're willing, when you're willing to testify about what was back there, that's when you'll know yeah. that it doesn't own you anymore. Mm. And and it didn't own her. Yeah. So you'd say the, the, to put the Southern Baptist piff on it, um, you would say that the pain is personal mm-hmm. and the shame was societal. Yeah. But Jesus lived in both worlds. He met her in both worlds. He met her in he both worlds. He healed her. But well, he restored her now as a people. Society. Yeah, because yeah. he's teaching them. He was not ashamed her. of her shame. Mm-hmm. And and she was. He wasn't. Yeah. yeah. That's good. That's good. So last question that I, I've got, and I have to get to this because you know how much of a, a Tennessee football fan I am. That's yeah, your you mentioned, fault. Yeah, well, it's, it's talk about sanctification. Yeah. Um, I'm not home yet. <laughs> you mentioned, yeah. Uh, you mentioned uh, Peyton Manning mm-hmm. by name as somebody who's an example of. of yeah, I hope you didn't hear that. I hope yeah, you didn't ever. That's not yeah. good. Well, see, we need Peyton, to probably edit that out. Right <laughs> Please help. And so. Um, Anyway, you mentioned that, but it wasn't really to speak negatively of Peyton Manning. He was just no, an no. example of yeah. somebody who, you know, you talked about in the, when he was a – his team could be up 30 points as they usually were because he's awesome. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, but he would never let the back of quarterback in. He nope. was so determined, I'm not going to even give the, anybody else an opportunity. And so you, you said that probably comes from a place in our hearts as we relate to that of what if they find out that either, A, I don't have it all together, or maybe, B, someone else can do this too, this 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 insecurity that kind of breeds up into us. What are some thoughts you have on that, some practical mm-hmm. steps to recover from the idea that it's performance-based acceptance, it's mm-hmm. making sure that I've got everything, all my T's crossed and I's dotted. How do we, yeah. how do we find freedom from that? Yeah, because, well, let's take uh, Tom Brady. You know, uh, Drew, Br- Drew, Drew, Drew Brees goes down. And um, not Drew Brees. Um, what am I saying? I'm, I'm locked on the no. Uh, come on, uh, I can see his face. Anyway, he was the quarterback Drew for Bledsoe. Bledsoe. Yeah, Bledsoe, Drew Bledsoe. Wrong Drew. Sorry. Um, Bledsoe goes down. Brady 
Brady up. steps up, and Brady told one of his friends on the team, hey, you're doing a great job until Drew gets back. He said, Drew's never coming back. Mm. He told him. He, he, he's never coming back. Yeah. I'm going to see. I mean, it was. This is my job. Man. And Bledsoe was an amazing quarterback. And Brady was right. And, yeah, but, but Bledsoe later, was amazing. Yeah. And, and, and my point in the Peyton Manning illustration was just that, and it was just off the cuff, but I was like, he was known not to let other quarterbacks. You know why? I don't blame him because the talent level is so deep, um, you, you, you just can't take that risk. Right. And so anybody in their right mind would do exactly what Peyton Manning did. Right. But in the real world, outside of the NFL, CEOs are afraid to walk. When I was growing up, and I was in my, you know, I was – Eight, nine, ten years old. There was there was commercials coming out all the time about deodorant, and it said never let them see you sweat. Mm, yeah. Well, the oh, that's great. The downside is we all know you sweat. Right. There's no. There's no way around it. And and so the the greatest fear that I have, if that, if I do have a fear, and I probably got more than I'm willing to admit, but if I know of one, I'm willing to admit, top of mind. The greatest danger to a man is an arrogant heart. Mm. Because when you're afraid to let people know you have any weakness at all and actually mean it, not just false humility, oh, I'm a sinner. No, I mean, really, if you're afraid, then, then God can't use you and God can't speak to you. It's why at Clearview, we value collaboration so much. You and I sit down, Brian, and say collaborate. Just, we, we collaborate all the time. Why? Because, because I know in me I'm just one guy with one set of eyes and one brain. The, the Bible says in the multitude of counselors there is safety. So, so what, I, what I, I think when, when if you're an executive or if you're a stay-at-home mom, if, if you're an accountant, if you're a student on a football team or a cheerleader, or if, if you're in band – you're constantly comparing yourself to somebody else. And and I'm telling you, if social media is great, but if there's one thing that social media has done, it has taught us to look at other people's highlight reel or their best moment and go, gosh, don't they have a great life? And it is the biggest facade. Social media is fine. Post it all day long. Just don't believe that their life That's is all that. Yeah, but and so, but we do it. Preachers do it. We measure our preaching against great preachers. We always, you know, it's it's fascinating to me how much the comparison trap permeates every level of yeah. life. And so, the the faster we can come to grips with, Jesus said, "My burden is light, my yoke is easy." Dallas Willard calls it the easy yoke. The faster we come to that the faster I don't need to portray that I know what to do yeah. and that I have all the answers. Yeah. Because when you do that, you shut yourself off. Yeah, yeah. there's somebody that said one time, um, and I'm going to butcher this, but he said uh, the greatest threat to your spiritual growth is self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And he didn't mean knowing yourself, but you see back, you mentioned it, I think, in your message on Sunday. When the initial fall happened, they saw that they were naked. And that was a result they of hid. sin. They hid. They went to the shadows. But it's because they began to see themselves as, yes. as 
preeminent as primary. Yeah. Their eyes were no longer on the communion with God. Yeah. It was on myself. And it's, I, I mean it when yeah. I tell guests all the time from the stage, hey, thanks for coming to Clearview today. If, if you're wondering uh, what, if this church has problems, why don't you meet me after the service, and I'll tell you where they're at. Yeah, exactly. I'll tell you where, I know where they're at. I, I, mean, I, 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 I work a lot of hours at this place. I'll introduce you, to, yeah. and, I'll, and I'll, then I'll, I'll let you go through me, and yeah. then you can see my, my menu. I mean, it's very real. I'm not being funny. It's very real. Mm. That's good. Well, man, that's all the time we have for today. So thanks for watching, for listening, however you're getting. Peyton Manning, we love you. Loved your series, by the way, on ESPN. ESPN Plus about the 100 years of football. Watched every one of them twice. No kidding. If you join us live, we'll be back next Thursday at noon. If you're catching us via podcast, thanks for listening. Jason, anything else you want to add? I would just say to remember, I guarantee you there's somebody in your life that's had, it might even if it's not you, there's somebody that has an identity issue. They have a, a... a hang-up, they have a secret a secret thing they struggle with, and you know it. You don't often think of yourself as being a missionary, like being a missionary for Jesus. You think about going to somewhere in Kazakhstan, which is great, go to Kazakhstan, but you don't often think of it, the share button. Yeah. You don't often think of, I'm going to send that email to Julie because she deals with that. Or you know what, my buddy Ryan, man, he, he's, he, he, he's got an issue right yeah. there. I want him to hear this yeah. and to help him free it up. So, so uh, be a missionary, man, uh, share it, and you, you'd be stunned at how far that'll go. Yeah, you said next week how Jesus handles possessions. So tune in and we'll see you soon.